number 10 for me. And on this one, I take you on an excursion around the city of Albany. I went to go visit and check out the Albany Free Food Fridge Program. I'll say that again. The Albany Free Food Fridge Program. I have to say it a little bit slower because of the tongue twisting that's involved in saying that title. It can it can really you know mess you up linguistically. Did that sound right? But anyway... I had to check it out because I remember driving by these refrigerators. I would see them and I'll tell you the ones I had seen and I'll go deeper in a second. But I remember seeing one on Lark Street. There's one on Lark Street, the 245 Lark Street. There was the other one over on by the Boys and Girls Club on Delaware. Now, at the time, that wasn't one of the original three. At least the Boys and Girls Club, that location was not. At this time, now there are a total of nine free fridges throughout the capital district there's here in albany there's here in troy and there's i think maybe a couple in schenectady so albany schenectady troy definitely has at least two free food fridges in their midst so now again the whole premise of it was to provide a refrigerator full of food that people could come and access it could help to offset their their family food needs and that food insecurity there's that magic word food insecurity that was the premise behind it now i don't know about you guys growing up i don't remember ever hearing those words food insecurity now i remember people saying you know they didn't have enough to eat they didn't have a whole lot to eat and some of the stuff that they were eating when you think about it now was not the healthiest but i just i just don't remember hearing those words food insecurity so i had to look it up and and find out what the technical definition of what food insecurity really means. And according to the USDA, United States Department of Agriculture, there's two levels of security for food. There's the food security and there's food insecurity. Food insecurity is meaning, according to their definition, it's when a person or a family has the feelings of not getting access to adequate healthy food, cultural, culturally related food in their neighborhoods, stuff that would really supplement the quality of their lives. They're lacking those particular things. So they're, they're insecure and in getting those. Not to say they don't have food in those neighborhoods, but they don't have the healthier options to make them feel more food secure. Obviously, the opposite of insecurity is security. So when you're in a security situation, you have access to all the healthier options and the things that supplement and make you feel good about your, your purchase power and your purchasing options. So that's the, the difference. What I also learned was that hunger is not attached to food insecurity. You would think that if I don't have the proper food in my neighborhood, I would go hungry. And, and no, it's, it doesn't mean that at all. It means that, again, you don't have the healthier options of the food that you need. And therefore, you don't feel as mentally good. You're not as physically healthy and capable because you don't have all the healthier food options. And if you think about it, hunger 
per their definition, is based upon a physical sensation. You don't have access to anything at all to eat, then you're going hungry. But if you have access to insecure environment, doesn't mean you're going to go hungry. It just means you're not going to have the healthier options that you, your body definitely needs. And, and that was something I, I didn't really understand or know that at that time until I did this research. I remember, again, growing up, I guess maybe back then we were in a food insecure situation sometimes because I remember getting those big blocks of government cheese. You guys remember those? Or those big old cans of that meat. It was like lunch meat. No, it, it was like a it was like a spam type meat. It was um, uh, like a potted meat, that kind of stuff. It came in these cans. And I honestly think <laughs> thinking back now, I think that stuff was like military grade like sea rations for the military. They had all this excess and they started giving them out to people that were in need of of extra food. And and when you think about it again. It wasn't that it was this great security food option. Ton of cheese, that meat again, that was like a mystery meat in those cans. And that was it. They weren't dropping off tons of vegetables. I don't remember any fruits and vegetables being dropped off. It was always that stuff. Or you had to go and get it. You go to some like warehouse place and they would give you out a couple of blocks of that cheese and a couple of cans of that, that spam type meat. So... <laughs> So I definitely remember that, man. I, I, I'm sure some of you out there, you remember it too. And so maybe back then, food insecurity was going on. Ate a lot of that stuff. I remember eating a lot of um, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I remember eating a lot of bologna sandwiches, fried bologna. Remember fried bologna when you would go to fry it? It would bubble up and, and make like a uh, like a dome and you, <laughs> and you had to poke it so the air would run out and it could lay flat. Or if you didn't poke it, it would always be black around the edges. Remember that stuff with the bologna? So yeah, man, I, I grew up on eating a lot of bologna and cheese. I grew up on the peanut butter and jelly. I grew up on that government cheese and that government meat. I didn't have um, sugar sandwiches. I know some of my friends, you know, they had them sugar sandwiches. They had that mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> mayonnaise sandwiches. Oh yeah, I forgot. Got to throw in there a lot of pork and beans growing up back in the day. Remember that? A lot of hot dogs and pork and beans, man. So again, when you think about it, maybe there was some food insecurity going on when we were growing up. At least I'm speaking for me. And where I grew up and some of my friends, how we all grew up and some of the, our dietary um, things that we had. And, and again, maybe that's what it was. We didn't go to bed hungry a lot of times, but I guess we didn't go to bed with a very healthy appetite. So how about that? So again, you know, that's what made me check out those refrigerators because I wanted to see what was up with them. I would always drive by those ones I mentioned. So the one day I stopped at the one at 245 Block Street. Now that one there is right across the street from... It's not Ben and Jerry's anymore, but remember back in the day, it was a Ben and Jerry's right there on Lark Street. Now I think it's a, a bar of some sort or whatever it is. I don't, I don't know what it is exactly, but I think it's a bar. But it's right across the street. So I walked up to it. I'm not going to lie. I was a little nervous. I'm like, man, I don't know what's going to happen. Then I'm thinking, man, maybe if I open it, if I open it too hard, food going to fall out. Maybe they pack them up so tightly that 
if I open it, maybe eggs and stuff would fall out and break. I, I was really nervous about opening the door. So I go up, I open the door very gingerly, and I look inside and I'm like, wait a minute. It was just about empty. The only things that were in there were some, some there were some veggies in there, but they were spoiled. You can tell they were spoiling. There was some fruit in there. They were spoiled. There were um, some bacon in there, like packages of bacon. You know how you go to the dollar store and don't act like you ain't never been to the dollar store either. You know, because now they up their game. They got they got a frozen section in the back, and they got a regular refrigerated section. And in that refrigerated section, you can find bacon. You can find um, salami, bologna, and those kielbasa sandwiches, them sausages, and other stuff of that nature. You can find all that in the dollar store now. So I, I saw some of that in there, and I can tell the bacon was on its way because it was starting to turn brown, and, and like a grayish brown. And, and there was nothing else in there. It was cold, so it was definitely working. And, you know, I was thinking that maybe I must have come at a time where they didn't re-up, you know, restock it yet, re-up it. And maybe that's the time frame of why I was there, and maybe that's why it looked the way it looked. So I said, okay. You know, I closed it, and I walked up to the other one. I Did I walk or I drove? I, I think I walked. No, I drove. I'm walking that much. So I drove up to the one over there across by Delaware, by the Albany Boys and Girls Club. Now, this one was located right on the corner. There's that little side street right there by Delaware and that little side street on the side of the Albany Boys and Girls Club. And right across the street is that laundromat right there. And, you know, either laundromat, not that one, but a different laundromat. You remember that episode. So I, I go and I check this one out and same thing. I said, oh, well, maybe the other one wasn't that full, but maybe this one might be. Let me open this door slowly. So... Boom, I open it up, same result. Not much of anything in there. There was some, it looked like batches of maybe collard greens. You know how you go to Price Chopper and you can buy those bundles? It was a couple of bundles of those, and but they were wilted and they didn't look very good at all. There were some um, dollar store drinks in the side door. And the one, you know what, man, the one was open like, as if somebody had opened it up and drank out of it. And put it back in there. That was that was tacky. I, I did notice that. But again, I'm thinking, well, maybe I must have come during the time before they have a chance to, to load them back up again. I like the idea of it. I think it's a great concept. I think it's something that's, that's really necessary in this day and age. So I close the door and, and I'm walking to go towards my car. And man, I, I think that folks must just be be eyeing it, man, because no sooner than I close the door, here come this brother, this dude walk up and goes, oh, my man, um, you know, would you happen to have a few dollars so I can get something to eat? And I looked at him, I said, come on, man. And he goes, well, you know, I did check out the refrigerator, but there was nothing in there. So I figured if maybe if you had a few dollars, I can walk over here to the price chopper and, and get me a sandwich or something. You know, and I was like, all right, man, you know, it's all good. You'll get me on this today. Not in a mean way, but I had a couple of dollars in my pocket. I had $3 to be exact. So I gave him the $3 and I said, yo, do what you got to do. Now, I'll be honest with you. He didn't walk in the direction of that price chopper. I don't know where he was going. I don't know if he was going up around the corner to that little, little store over there across the street. But right on the same side of the street as the laundromat, there's a little, little corner store down under there. And he probably might have dipped down under there to get him something to drink. I don't know. 
I don't know. I gave it to him under the premise of he does what he needs to do, and I can't worry about it if he does not go to Price Chopper or any other store to get him something to eat. I don't, I don't know about that. But I'll, I'll close in saying, I learned a lot. I learned when I did my research about what food insecurity, food security, hunger. I, I learned about the whole relationship of that. I like, again, the idea of the free food program. I think it's a great idea. I know that when Miss Anderson set it up back in the day, she was hoping that some of the stores and um, I know the Albany Food Co-op was going to supply some free food and, and veggies and stuff of that nature. I don't think it was going to be stuff that was on their way out. You know, maybe at their location, stuff was starting to age out and they would give up that kind of food. I don't know. Again, the premise of it is a great premise. I just wanted to give you another excursionary visit, tell you how I went about it, where I went, what I did. I want to also thank you guys who have been providing me with some feedback on my program. And I, and I just want to say that I have no intentions, at least in the short term, of, of blowing this program all the way up. I, I just wanted it to be, as I indicated in my intro, this is mainly just a labor of love, local type podcast deal. If indeed I start getting major feedback and I can blow it up to go to the national level, which I doubt, but you never know. I just wanted this to be something that I had said I was going to do and I went ahead and did it. If you can remember, as you remember, every time I go to close my show, I ask you those critical questions of when are you going to do what you say you're going to do? When are you going to step out and be brave? It's easy to sit back and watch others do their thing and you're itching and you're thinking, I said I wanted to do this. I told myself I was going to do that. And yet you haven't acted yet. I'm hoping that my podcast will inspire you to, to make the moves that you've been talking about, thinking about doing. I look forward to hearing back from you again. Please tune in next time. And as always, thank you.